Hey, welcome to Lambo Leap Podcast. It's Dane. Wags and I just went off today, uh, so much so that we uh, are going to be cutting our podcast into two separate parts. The first part, we talked about this past week's game against the New York Jets, uh, the heroic work by Aaron Rodgers late in the game, and then we dive into the head coaching search and uh, particularly the college coaches. So uh, tune in. You can always follow us on Twitter, at Lambo Leap Pod, or on Instagram, at Lambo Leap Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As always, go Pack Go! Welcome to Lambo Lee Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags. Wags, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas to you and to all of our listeners out there. Merry Christmas and uh, hope you had a fun and safe and relaxing holiday and, and also upcoming with uh, the new year. Yeah, and the, we're, the new year's right around the corner and uh, the season's wrapping up um, rapidly. Unfortunately, we won't be having any playoff games at Lambeau this season, but um, we did have, I thought, a really fun game uh, against the the Jets. It started like a lot of the games started this season, and I was really frustrated. Um, but by the end, um, I, it was it was awesome. I, I told myself going into the game wags, um, my blood pressure is going to be low. Everything's fine. This game doesn't matter. And in the last couple minutes, I'm standing three feet from my TV, freaking out, screaming <laughs> at the TV as always. So it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah. And I got the, um, I was driving home from the Twin Cities. Um, so, um, I got to listen to the game on the radio with, uh, the Rock and Wayne. And yeah. so that's, uh, that's always a lot of fun too. And, um, we were talking a little bit before to um, get a full game experience with those guys uh, I think um, minus probably some colorful language uh, uh, listening to the rock was probably like sitting next to you in the living room and and a lot of other fellow Packers fans out there so um, but yeah I mean this was a game that really um, there was not a lot of downside and it's it's all upside unless you're one of those uh, folks out there that's rooting for losses for yeah. draft position. Um, and even at that, I, I mean, I guess you could say if the Packers would have lost, it's like, oh, oh well, at least we get a better draft pick. Right. Um, which, you know, it's fine. I, I'm not going to quibble with that too much. But uh, I like I, – it was fun just to, to – Feel good about a nice Packers performance and get a win in a and in, in like you said in a, a really exciting game. Um, so uh, how can you not enjoy that? It was so fun and and Rogers. So I what I really want to talk about. I don't think we need to go in the nuts and bolts of a game that has no consequence whatsoever, especially with a interim coach and with a, frankly some guys that I don't think are going to be on the team next year. I you could tell some of those guys, you know, they're going to be making some overhaul wholesale changes I think at some position groups if we as we've um 
talked about, but you know what I think, and I don't know if this has been talked about too much. The 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 third the fourth quarter especially and in going into overtime, that game to me felt less like an NFL game from the Packers perspective and more like an NBA game where a superstar just takes over the game and does whatever they have to do to win. And you don't see that, I don't think, in football as much. Yeah, I mean the quarterback position certainly is the 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 you know, all the spotlights around the quarterback, but Rodgers just was taken off, tucking the ball. I honestly think um, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, Rodgers was kind of showing, hey, I don't have a lot of trust in some of the guys around me. I'm gonna, they're not getting open at times. Obviously, there's exceptions there, um, but he was tucking the ball and taking shots. He was taking hits. He was running all over the field, and it was very clear to me that he was showing, hey, I'm not past my prime. I'm still a talented quarterback. I'm still the guy. And I thought it was a gutsy performance that um, that kind of galvanizes some guys going into an offseason. Absolutely. I mean, look at some of the other players that played that game or came back into the game mm-hmm. that were clearly hurt yeah. uh, and could have just shut it down. Um, you know, Bakhtiari says, if 12's in there, I'm in there. And, awesome. he's, you know, he's 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 battling. Um, <clears throat> Tremont Williams, what can you say? Mm-hmm. That guy has been a consummate pro for this team this whole year, mm-hmm. but just takes a shot. <laughs> yeah. And really, I mean, if anybody had <clears throat> any reason to sit down, um, it was that guy. Um, and same thing for St. Brown, uh, you know, Coming back in the game late, mm-hmm. um, I don't know the extent of their injuries. I'm sure if if it would have been serious enough, they wouldn't have been able to come back in. But at the same time, it, it doesn't take a lot uh, at this point of the year. And we're talking about, especially in Bakhtiari's case, sure. a guy that is clearly you know one of your blue chippers. So um, it, it says a lot. Um, I, I agree. Um, it, and and I I like your analogy, but let's not take anything away from the defense in the fourth sure. quarter. Um, they had to make a few stops, even in that last um, um, <clears throat> possession for the Jets in, in regulation. Um, the special teams um, was horrendous, um, and and we don't need to get into like you said the nuts and bolts of this. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, the, the defense had to make a couple of stops um, there in the fourth quarter to mm-hmm. enable Rodgers to do what he did. Um, so let's give them a shout out. They're just a depleted unit, and there's guys out there that you know, frankly, yeah, they're probably not going to be on the team next year. But uh, a couple of your shout outs before the game from last week, Tyler Lancaster yeah. and Tony Brown specifically, and and, and the, the the whole unit, but um, you know they're they're under um, you know they're not going to be able to match up um, skill wise out there with the guys that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you just you don't have your difference makers out on the field. Uh, the Jets aren't a really strong offensive team clearly, but they've got some young guys that have some talent. Um, so uh, so shout out to the, those guys out on the defensive side for for coming through a little bit um, and. Uh, boy, oh boy, um, when when Rodgers can overcome um, a kick return for a touchdown, which hardly ever happens anymore, um, and then the fumble on the kick return, another one, mm-hmm. and um, and a, a, a fake punt that uh, is successful. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah. ridiculous. I, I, yeah. I, you're, you're, you, 
you've got to be kidding me. I mean, this it's 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 a joke. The special teams, I can't believe. Um, it, it doesn't matter. Zook's not going to be back, but it's just uh, it's it's unbelievable. But um, but yeah, it was. It, that's just a lot of fun. Everything that happened. Yeah, and I, I I don't know if they if they if um if um. If Wayne and The Rock were mentioning it, but Rogers started throwing on the belt in the fourth quarter, <laughs> you know, and over oh, it was mentioned. It Definitely. was awesome. It was just like that was like a classic. Like we're not going anywhere. You know, we we talk about the sky not falling here for this organization, and it's not right. That was like talk about pride. These yeah. guys had a ton of pride. They could have just phoned it in, go into week 17 with their tails between the legs, but they clearly wanted to win a football game, and they went out there and they just muscled their way and willed their way to a victory. And now, this isn't for nothing. That's important for Rodgers, too. Um, I mean, it's one game, just like the Bears game the week before it was one game. Um, So I'm not – we can't overreact to it, but – that was clearly Rogers saying, "All right, don't start talking about that. I don't got it." Yep. You know, um, so I think going out on that note is important. Um, and we can look ahead a little bit here to this week's game, if you don't mind. No. Um, I, I, it sounds like he's definitely going to play. Um, I, I don't know that he'll play the whole game. I think we'll just kind of depend on game flow and see what happens. Um, the Lions might shut guys down too. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, so, uh, or maybe Bakhtiari has to come out and Rogers takes a shot and they're like, yeah, no, that's it. We're done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, but uh, so we'll see what happens there. But um, uh, either way, um, I, I don't expect that Rodgers wouldn't have a really good performance again this week, um, whether he plays the whole game or not. And um, so uh, it might just be a let's complete some passes to Devontae Adams and <laughs> let him get the record. Let the two pro bowlers yeah, go at it a yeah. little bit. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not saying that they're definitely going to pull him out or they should or, mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if this last week was the last full game for Rodgers this season. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of a, a little swan song here against the, the Lions. Yeah, and we'll get a look at I, I, I agree, and I think we might get a look at, um, at um, both of our backup quarterbacks this week. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if when we look at the inactives, if we got both of those guys up and, you know, Rodgers. That, that'll pretty much be the indicator that may, maybe we're treating that more like a preseason game. Um, than anything else. Um, and it's also, we, we touched on last week, but um, there's a good chance that the backup quarterback, the Green Bay Packers, isn't for next year isn't on the roster right now. So um, this could actually be important for Kaiser, depending on who the uh, the next coaching staff is that com- that's uh, coming in here. Um, and that sounds like a really good segue into the coaching search. Um, this week it came out that we were... Uh, interviewing a couple of guys, uh, Chuck Pagano from the uh, the former head coach of the Colts, as well as um, Caldwell. What? Wags, tell me that we're not serious about either of these two candidates. Um, no, I don't think we are, but that's the advantage of, you know, being able to start your coaching search early. And... I I would say, you know, Caldwell gets a lot of of, <laughs> of flag for his you know low key demeanor, but the more you look at it, and I I've read a little bit, and it's kind of like okay, well I don't really want Jim Caldwell as the Packers coach. I just don't think he's the right personality yeah. for the team or the city or or the organization. But the guy's a good coach. Um, it, I mean, 
he's he's been a successful coach in the NFL. So I'm not, you know, like he took the Lions to the playoffs twice. Let's not forget that. Um, so I'm not advocating for Jim Caldwell here. <laughs> trust me. Um, but you bring in some guys and you have to, you know, set a baseline for what what you want to do. Um, let's let's hear what they have to say and especially if they're interviewing some college coaches right Mm -hmm. now which wouldn't be surprising and if that's on the down low um you've got these guys with nfl head coaching experience it's nice to be able to kind of say okay well all right if you're interviewing some college coaches you can compare how they go about what are they going to do game planning i mean all the little nuts and bolts of what you need to find out Mm -hmm. through that interview process um, are these guys truly, do they truly understand what it takes to coach at the NFL level? Right. And you've got a couple of guys that, you know, nobody's going to be clamoring for, but they've coached at the NFL level. They've gotten teams to the playoffs. Um, so, you know, are they the top candidates? No, I, I don't think so. But it, it, I think it helps establish a bar mm-hmm. and what you should expect. Um, so that you don't just bring in the college guy, fall in love with them, and all of a sudden, you know, you may, maybe you miss some things that you should have been asking, or maybe right. these guys bring some things up that give you a different perspective or things that you didn't think about um, that enable you to ask some additional questions to these other guys too. So uh, it sounds like it was just sort of a meet and greet. You get ahead of the game a little bit. Um, the um, coaching carousel is going to be going in full motion mm-hmm. starting after this week's games on Monday. So you've got a couple, you get a head start. So take advantage of that. So um, I know there's a little bit of blowback. Like, are you kidding me? These guys? <laughs> yeah. um, and to a certain extent, I, I get it. But, you know, relax. Uh, let's see how this process plays out. I saw that some sources, uh, Ian Rapport reported that the Packers intend to interview 10 to 12 candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a little excessive, but I'm sure that's kind of the due process you do. You meet with guys and then you whittle it down from there. Yeah, no, you're, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head with this one, uh, particularly um, I think what folks um, maybe forget is that, you know, due to NFL rules, you're not able, the Packers aren't able to interview some of the um, NFL coaching care, you know, the, the, the coaching group there. Um, but also the general manager and, and some of the folks around him don't have a lot of experience hiring a head coach in the NFL. Um, Murphy either. Yeah, exactly. So these guys, um, I think you're absolutely right in the sense that, um, you bring folks in, uh, you, you give yourself a chance from a hiring perspective to feel out the process too. Um, just like, um, just like any, any job, I think that, um, management wants to kind of, um, get their feet under themselves before they bring in maybe some of the folks they're more serious about. And, um, and for Caldwell and for Pagano, like it's, this is, there's nothing wrong with it from their standpoint. They want to get their name out there. Um, they want to, they want to make sure that they keep their names relevant, uh, from the head coaching perspective. But I don't think that anybody expects either of those guys to be NFL head coaches in the future, but heck who knows? One of them could be a coordinator. One of them could end up being a coordinator in green, Bay at some point. That right? was going to be something I was going to say too. I mean, if if you the one thing that makes me slightly nervous about both of these guys is the ties that they seem to have to the current coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And 
I just hope that's not a window into the mindset of what Murphy and, and Goody are, are doing here. Mm-hmm. I know there's lots of fans that are saying, well, it would be really great to keep Patton. Mm-hmm. Um, some are not as high, but he overall, there seems to be quite a bit of support for Patton, and, and that's fine. Um, I'm not attached to him. I think some continuity is nice, especially with the number of young um, skill position players on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, it's more important to me that the that whoever the head coach is brings in a guy that he's comfortable and confident in. Um, or if the next coach is a defensive guy, that he kind of runs that side of the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, a few weeks ago, thought that the ideal profile of the coach would be an offensive coach. And I still think that's probably the direction that will go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've... I'm not opposed to a really successful defensive coach, um, uh, you know, coming in and taking over too. Um, that might be, I, I don't know. It didn't work with Ray Rhodes. Right. Um, that but, was a long time ago. Right. That was a long time yeah. ago. And, and I, uh, you can see where if you've got a good one-two punch, um, a la in, in L.A., it's yeah. the, just the opposite where you've got an offensive guy and he hands over the defense to someone like Wade Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a, a really dynamic um, thing for the Packers where the defense is just, my goodness, they just need some foundational, you know, um, continuity and, and let's be honest, some um, some some improvement from the defense. Uh, I think the offense will be fine no matter what, as long as they you know uh, have Aaron Rodgers. So. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I, I we did as we talked about see some slippage this this season on the offensive side, but I do think that the offense outside of that Chicago game and that Chicago Bears defense. Uh, it's a small sample size, right? Three games with an interim head coach. Uh, but in that small sample size, um, I thought the offense in two of the three games looked more like the Green Bay Packer offense we expected to see all season. And the third game against Chicago Bears, well, that defense makes a lot of offenses look inept at times. Uh, and I, So I, I do think that that is... Um, uh, I think the offense will be trending in the right direction going into um, 2019. Now, do you think... Philbin has any chance of being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers in 2019? I I think he has a chance, and that's kind of what I was saying, is these guys that they brought in so far seem to have... uh, Caldwell, I guess, doesn't really have any ties to Philbin, but... Um, just the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, right? I think he um, but uh, even so, it's it's just interesting. I mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if again I I don't know if that means anything at all from the outside looking in, um, or does uh, or do they want to keep Philbin? Uh, as the offensive coordinator. Um, So it's almost like, okay, well, if we brought in Pagano, he's a defensive guy to be the head coach. Uh, Maybe, you know, since Pagano hired Philbin in Indianapolis, there's there's a possibility that that they, you know, stick with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that make sense? I I don't think so, Mm -hmm. Uh, personally. I, I... I would not be too pleased if that was the direction that they went. Um, My biggest nitpick with Philbin, and it seems like the quarterback is really throwing all of his support behind him Mm -hmm. um, quietly and in some subtle and not so subtle ways, is he was brought back by McCarthy. And if he is so important to the organization and the players in the locker room 
what was so fractured and broken when Philbin was part of the right. coaching staff that as soon as McCarthy's gone. So let's kind of, I'm interested in going back in time and trying to puzzle this together. Is it as simple as, I, I don't want to put any of this solely on Rogers, but I'm just trying to figure out the dynamics of, of the breakdown in um, communication yeah. and the relationship. Um, going back to last summer, McCarthy shakes up his coaching staff a little bit. Um, I don't think Rodgers obviously was too pleased about uh, what happened with his quarterback's yeah, coach. Yeah. You know, it, 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 clearly something really irked Rodgers publicly, you know, him for him to publicly call out the organization and 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 that's just it's not in Rogers' nature. He's very, very careful about what and, he says. And during contract negotiations too, yes. right? That was all going on around the same time. At the same time, he seems to really like Philbin. So they yeah. bring back Philbin, but it, you know, he was still obviously very upset. So is this I'm gonna ask you, Dan, do you think it's as simple as Rogers was just ticked off at McCarthy for how he handled that, but He's like, all right, Joe, we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he still likes Joe Philbin, but you know he's just really upset at, at McCarthy. And um, I don't want to m- make it seem like okay, Rogers being upset at McCarthy derailed the whole season. Right. But is that a factor here in how Rogers might view someone like Joe <laughs> Philbin? Yeah. So I think that first of all. I will never be able to totally understand Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and I love Rodgers, but, yeah. you know, he seems like a uh, thoughtful guy who um, thinks about a lot of stuff all the time. And so, you know, I, I, I have a hard time sometimes getting a read on him um, from, you know, from a locker room standpoint. But I, I do actually, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying I think he is a good leader and I'm tired of a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing outside of all all of it. Um, I think that he and McCarthy have had friction in their relationship for a very long time. Um, I, I, I actually, looking at a parallel, um, when Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren were there, I always felt like Holmgren was kind of a father figure to Favre. And um, as Favre matured and grew, um, he Holmgren left after the 98 season, I believe. Um, and they never really had, those two never had that opportunity to um, kind of go into the second half of Favre's career. Uh, now we look at the, the relationship between Rodgers and McCarthy, where I think early on Rodgers sits behind Favre. Favre's the big brother, right? From if we're going to go with the familial analogy, or the grandpa, or the or <laughs> the angry grandpa. Either way, um, and and you know Rodgers sat there and bided his time. And I have a ton of respect for how Rodgers handled that entire process. And I think McCarthy, you know, is kind of trying to keep it all keep it all together. And I will forever give Thompson and McCarthy and Murphy so much credit for making this incredibly difficult decision to move on from Favre and just throw their support behind Rodgers, right? So Rodgers and McCarthy go hand in hand. They win a Super Bowl together. They have a ton of success together. But where we saw Holmgren and Favre depart, Rodgers and McCarthy stayed together. Right? That's a really good point. And they stayed together this entire time. And I think that um, it was a really good relationship in the sense that they 
didn't always see eye to eye. You could tell at times they were kind of, there was a tug of war going on a little bit. Um, and I thought for the longest of times, um, McCarthy was able to um, get the best out of the players and get the best out of Rodgers, um, despite, you know, some differences maybe behind closed doors. But as Rodgers' career progressed, Aaron Rodgers became the face and he's always been the star, but he's become the guy. And all of a sudden now, um, as Rodgers gets into his you know, 35-year-old Aaron Rodgers, the guys that are coming in on the team grew up watching Aaron Rodgers, right? We saw one of the players after the first game of the year wearing an Aaron Rodgers jersey into, into the locker room after Rodgers' incredible performance against the, performance against the Chicago Bears. So I think we started to see a scenario where the the biggest guy in the team is the quarterback in the locker room uh, and and not the head coach. And that's difficult for somebody like Mike McCarthy, probably, um, because McCarthy wasn't always used to that. In the last couple of years, um, we've seen that, that kind of transition to it being Rogers' locker room 100% and not Mike McCarthy's. Um, so, yeah, McCarthy tried to probably bring in Philbin uh, to, to um, you know, gain favor from Rogers. I think, to a certain degree. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that time just starts to wear on things and you never know which way it's going to go but for Rodgers and McCarthy I I just think it was time probably for them to go and I think Rodgers has a lot of respect for Joe Philbin because they won a lot of games together earlier in his career Um, but that being said I do believe that this team uh, from my perspective, needs just an influx of new energy. And um, and I actually think that Rodgers maybe deep down might think so as well. And that's not to say that he and Philbin can't have a great relationship. And maybe Philbin sticks around on the staff. I don't know. I think that's unlikely, but maybe he does. Um, and I think that, honestly, the McCarthy and Rodgers relationship is probably going to be a lot better long term now that they've separated yeah. um, than, than they ever if they would have stuck around a couple more years. Because I think you could feel, I think we could all feel a little bit of frustration building um, in that locker room in a number of different ways. And the uncharacteristic things that we saw with Rodgers maybe um, saying things more publicly than he normally does. I think that was a boiling point that was really hard for us to avoid. Um, But now we have an opportunity to move in a completely new direction with our franchise quarterback. And I think it's critical that we do that. I think you made some really good points and hit on it. And it's almost like the the um, uh, pupil kind of outgrew the master. And uh, in some ways, the little things that I've harped on McCarthy on Mm. probably, uh, you know, contributed to unraveling that faith that Rodgers may have had in McCarthy in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Because you've got a guy, if he's second-guessing play calls, if he's second-guessing game decisions that, um, that the coach is making... Um, you know, he's he's sitting there saying, you know, this is ridiculous or yep. whatever. I could do a better job with this. That's that's not gonna, uh, yeah. That's that's a broken relationship, and that has to change. And part of it could be just Rogers trying to. He's a smart guy. He's very smart guy. PR, repair his image mm-hmm. a little bit, be a good soldier. He doesn't want to be that coach killer. No, he um, doesn't. And I, I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. Uh, yeah. You know, he has had one coach. How can he be a coach yeah, killer? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, you know, there's, you know, some negative PR around him, let's be honest. And so if he's kind of coming out supporting this guy that they've got a good relationship, uh, maybe, you know, um, 
that helps Philbin, even if he's not with the Packers. Mm-hmm. I think Philbin would get a job somewhere if he wanted one anyway. Definitely. Not as a head coach, but... But um, as a coordinator. Certainly or, as a yeah. coordinator, yeah. Or consultant um, of some kind. Right, right. but, you know, it, it anything that he can do to... Um, you know, I think he repaired his image a little bit with his performance last week. Sure. I'm talking about Rodgers, um, but, you know, it's just kind of the, some of the leadership and off-fields things that he's clearly uh, angling to try to, you know... Um, um, make sure that people are aware that hey, I'm a good leader. I'm a um, I'm good in the t- uh, in the locker room. I support my coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get into any of that stuff. So um, I I I think you're right. This is just a concerted effort, um, and not that there's any, you know. Um, um, it's not like Rodgers isn't. I don't think he's not being disingenuous no, about not it. Not at all. But I definitely think it's a calculated uh, effort on his part. Too. Well, he pays attention to all that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, he motivates. I think he would admit he gets he motivates himself by slights or perceived slights, right? And I think that definitely gets him going. So I think we're kind of on the same page here. So just to sort of wrap up this Philbin discussion, what would you say the percent chance that you think Philbin is the next head coach of the Packers? Um, ten percent. Yeah, I I I just don't see it. I I mean, I think they're going to give them a serious consideration. I mm-hmm. I believe they've definitely, I mean, I'm sure they've done a formal interview with He's him as well. He's earned that, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, not even just for being the offensive coordinator or the interim coach. Uh, he was the hot candidate uh, back the, for, after his first run with the Packers. There's a reason why he got a shot at, to be a, a NFL head coach, um, frankly, with a organization in the Miami Dolphins that didn't really have any ties to mm-hmm. the Packers uh, coaching tree. So um, it, he, maybe that just was the wrong choice career-wise for Philbin. Yeah. I think he needed to get out of Green Bay. He had, I mean, obviously had a tough situation at that time in his life with, with his son, but um, it you know, um, he he may have been better off uh, mm-hmm. waiting for a, a better opportunity, but we'll never know. That kind of played itself out. So, yeah, I agree. I, I don't see Philbin. Um, I, I think a lot of people are, oh, Rodgers and Adams are supporting him, so therefore he's probably going to be the coach. I, I don't see it. I don't think he's going to be the head coach. I would say it's less than 10% for me. So let's look at a couple of the other candidates. Then, I, I re, real quick, I do want to say, I was just looking at something as we were talking. Um, I've been trying to put my finger on what this situation feels like to me as a Packer fan with uh, Philbin, you know, being an, a, a coordinator on the team. It kind of reminds me back in um, 05 of Jim Bates when he was a defensive coordinator for the Packers. And I just, it kind of came to me as we've been talking mm-hmm. um, um, if folks remember, Jim Bates had a reasonably successful season as a defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, and then there was a, some talk that he might be the replacement as the head coach. Um, he had had some success, I believe, in Tampa. He had done some stuff prior to that. Um, but anyway, I just want to—I want to kind of put a bow on this discussion uh, with about Philbin. With this feels very Jim Bates, and at the time, I thought Jim Bates might be a really good head coaching candidate for the Packers. And in hindsight, I'm clearly happy with the direction we went with a coordinator that I hadn't heard of. I had never heard of Mike McCarthy when he came to Green Bay. And um, I am a self-proclaimed McCarthy apologist for years and years. And I think he's done. He brought us a Super Bowl ring. I love McCarthy because of that. Um, But I just want to say that it really feels like a Jim Bates situation again. And the best thing I thought the organization did at the time um, in hindsight is going fresh. And I think it's our opportunity to do that again. Okay. Very good. So um, how do you want to do this? I, I, 
let's look at some of the college guys yeah. um, first. And um, one name that seems to be keep coming up is Pat Fitzgerald, yeah. uh, head coach for Northwestern. It's a guy that uh, Mark Murphy hired when he was mm-hmm. the athletic director at Northwestern. Um, in fact, the last coach, and I don't know if, if Murphy's, if he actually hired any other coaches. Um, so uh, this is a guy, just a, a little background, um, you know, he um, played at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, he has coached his whole career there. Um, has had moderate success. I, I mean, I, I think he is a good college coach. Um, sure. If you win at a place like Northwestern, that's I, 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 he's been there a long time. So I have no problem with him being a candidate. Um, I, but at the end of the day, he doesn't have any NFL experience. Right. Um, and I'm not sure what, you know, I don't know, scheme-wise, I'm not sure what his um, – you know how realistic that would be or if that's just kind of murphy doing a guy a uh, solid here and, and getting his name out there a little bit um since you know he he probably realistically um uh you know isn't viewed as someone that's going to leave northwestern unless he can get a huge check um for another bigger time college program mm-hmm. but um what uh do you have anything else to say about pat pat fitzgerald you know i i fully admit that i'm not the biggest college football guy i watch the badgers you know when when they're playing uh, from you know time to time, but I I definitely focus all my energy on the Packers. I Northwestern I thought had a nice season. Um, I but I I would agree with you that um, it's definitely we have a good relationship. I feel like with that program uh, historically, uh, and a lot of the Big Ten programs, the Packers seem to really have a good relationship with Northwestern Iowa. Uh, for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I, I think that the college coaching tree, I always get a little nervous because you never totally know what you're going to get out of that. I guess, granted, you never know what you're going to get out of anybody, but the personalities from college college to the pros are um, remarkably different, I think. And, and the it really is apples and oranges on how you manage the, the personalities, I think, in the professional locker room as opposed to a um, collegiate locker room. Um, I don't I wouldn't have a problem with an interview, certainly. I'd love to uh, hear a little bit more, but I am impressed with the amount of talent that he's been able to get out of guys at a school that has really high grade standards. Let's be honest. It's not it's not easy to necessarily to coach guys that are going to sometimes become doctors uh, and, and uh, have a lot of outside interests outside of football. So um, would be an interesting guy to, to potentially bring in, but I, I really don't see us going to college football. Right? No, I agree. And, and you're talking about someone, again, I can't emphasize this enough. If you go to college, you need someone with some type of strong NFL ties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a completely different way of how you structure everything from your practices to OTAs to, um, you know, um, how your film sessions. You're, everything about NFL, not to take it's. It's not like it's a different planet, but um, it's it's much different than college football, Definitely. where they're restricted in the amount of time that they can spend with the athletes, and um, you know you recruit players and they're gone after a few years. Um, you know, so it's it, it, nothing against Fitzgerald, but I, I don't oh. think he's a uh, realistic candidate. So I think we spent enough time on him. What do you, what um, do you think about Lincoln Riley? So that was going to kind of be the next guy I was going to move to. Um, I, I, you'd have to. I, I don't know if you have a little bit of uh, background on his profile. If you're filling that up right now, I'll, I'll while you pull that up, I'll. I guess I'll say this. I mean, he's the hot 
you know, college mm-hmm. coaching candidate du jour. Um, you know, certainly he's proven that he has um, a, a high level of innovation and um, schematically um, he can bring something to the fold that um, that might be exciting for Packers fans. Sure. Um, I just, for some reason, have like, I don't know if this is misplaced. Maybe it's just a little nervousness. Um, he he has this Chip Kelly-ness vibe. <laughs> a little uh, bit, right? Where, yeah, it's weird. And, and I have read a, little, a few things that, you know, um, with the um, size of college rosters, he shuffles in, like, tons of receivers yeah. and, and running backs, I guess. And you don't have that luxury in the NFL. Um, so, you know, there's things that you're like, okay, well, is this going to work as well at the NFL level? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it wouldn't. Um, there's been uh, coaches in the NFL that have gone and visited uh, Oklahoma and, and picked his brain and, and taken concepts and things that they've learned from him back. Um, so, um, and he's got he's not a guy that's going to jump to the NFL and be an offensive coordinator so that's i don't think an option um but um um so i, I don't know what would you feel about someone like a Lincoln Riley so you know what what i've read a little bit about him is a lot of people have interest in him um in co- in connection also with bringing like Cliff Kingsbury in, I guess they have a, a deep, long relationship. Kingsbury is the UFC coach now, but he coached uh, head coach uh, for a while there in college as well. Um, I I tend to agree with you overall, but I I would say that about any college coach. But I, I do I always get wary of the hot college coach yeah um it it feels it feels um yeah there's like sometimes i hate to use the word gimmicky because if it works it works but there does feel to be like this um there's always an energy around the new college guy that comes in and very rarely i mean i look at nick saban as the prime example maybe it's unfair of me to do that um, but I look at Nick Saban, who, who came in and uh, to Miami and just didn't have any success whatsoever. Yeah, and he was a guy that had NFL ties and NFL experience. Right. Um, but then you've got a Pete Carroll, who yes. who then you know went to Seattle and uh, I didn't think that was going to work at all. I didn't either. I didn't have a lot of. I mean, it, it, that's the thing too about college is some of these guys. Are they really good coaches or are they just amazing recruiters? That's right. And I'm not saying it's mutually exclusive, but if they're really good recruiters, and that was what I thought Carroll was because he was a failed NFL head coach before that with the Patriots, Mm -hmm. um, I I think you're taking away their biggest advantage when you move up to the pros. And so that that that's the I think the thing that makes me the most leery yep. um, is is what what translates. I mean, what what exactly um, can they own and command the respect of the locker room? If you're if you're talking about a package deal between Lincoln Riley and you bringing in Klingsbury as your offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. doesn't that sort of I'm not saying that you don't want to have good relationships, and it's sort of like that with any coach you're going to bring in their guys. Yeah. At the same time, doesn't that sort of you know, I, I get a little cancel nervous. each other out a little bit? I mean, at Clingsbury, I don't get that either. This, this is a guy that you know just got fired from uh, his head coaching job and wasn't really very successful. So, mm-hmm. uh, But uh, anyway, so I, yeah, I don't think um, he fits – You know, I, I'm not sure that he's uh, – he seems more of a guy. He's down in Oklahoma. I don't yep. know. I, I just don't think, from a pro, uh, profile perspective, I, it, it, you got to get a guy that 
fits Green Bay too. So, um, so I would say that that's kind of a, a outside shot. He seems more kind of the flashy guy, the type of guy the Dallas Cowboys would mm-hmm. go after. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, I think we'll kind of move on. You mentioned Nick Saban. He's his name has come up. I don't think there's a chance that we would want him or that he wants to go back to the NFL. Okay. Um, so I would agree, and I think he's too old, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, I I would be pretty surprised if he doesn't just finish out his run at Alabama. He makes a ton of money. He makes it to the playoffs every year. And what else can you really do at this point? Okay, that's it for part one. Um, In part two, we will get into some of the uh, existing NFL coordinators and head coaches, um, a little bit more about Rodgers' involvement uh, in the coaching process. So uh, thank you for listening and stay tuned for part two. We'll probably post that sometime uh, tomorrow ahead of the game here on Sunday. Um, So you can look forward to either listening to that tomorrow before the game or uh, catching up since none of the information will be old. It'll be good to uh, catch up uh, whenever you have an opportunity. So thanks for listening and go Pack Go!